Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. I am back. This is Just Human number 174, and we have we have an indictment to cover. And I'm that obviously I missed defected on Sunday night, and I was I missed my own show on Monday because I was had a case of the man flu. But the best medicine really is an indictment, and we got a massive one that I think a lot of us knew was coming. If you've been watching this show for the past like half a year, then you knew it was coming. Um, so I, I'm mostly recovered. Sorry if I sniffle during the show or whatever, um, or have to clear my throat or something. I'll try to remember to mute. Um, I am a kind of I'm kind of ticked off at myself for missing so many shows. Um, like calling out sick. Um, it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a wake up call. I don't know. Wouldn't that's not the right word for it. Um, but I kind of had a realization over while I was sick in between watching racing and, uh, dozing on the couch, I kind of realized how often I take off for being sick and I got to change something. Uh, cause in the past two years I get sick, I get sick with respiratory sinus stuff more often and more severely than I have at any other time in my life in the past, just in the past two years. And something's going on. Something's going on with me where my immune system is not as strong as it used to be. And I refuse to believe that I'm getting older. I'm just getting wiser. So anyway, I've uh, I've taken some steps to try and figure out what that is and try to improve my immune system. Because, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's new. That's new, it's new for me. And it's it's frustrating. It's really frustrating to me. So, um no, I don't want to ramble on about my health, but anyway, I'm kind of irritated about it and uh, going to make some change. I have made some changes so far. So good. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we have some important news to cover. The first thing I want to cover today is I want to get straight to the pen. Actually, the very first thing I want to do. Very first thing. is I want to give a shout out to Eye of the Storm, which was on last night with my friends, Absolute 1776, Stormy Patriot Joe, Patriots in Progress. It was an excellent episode, um, superb even. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. You can find it on the Badlands Rumble channel. Such a good episode. I should have gone to bed earlier last night, but I was working on the stuff for the show this morning and listening to this, and man, it was good. I made sure to listen to the entire thing. Um, these guys do an awesome job, and you know, all none, we don't have a whole lot. We're not we can't just sit around and watch shows all day. But one show that I that I do not miss is Eye of the Storm on Badlands. It is so good. So if you missed it, make sure to go to Badlands on Rumble, find it, give it a watch. And make it regular viewing. They're, they're every Tuesday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Man, it's a good show. Okay, first thing we're going to get into is Pence. Pence, because this is fun. We're going to go through this real quick. And then we're going to go to an indictment. So CNN had this story first. Classified documents found at Pence's Indiana home. Here are the details according to this story. 
A lawyer for former Vice President Mike Pence discovered about a dozen documents marked. That's key. They are marked as classified at Pence's Indiana home last week. And he has turned those classified records over to the FBI. Multiple sources familiar told CNN. The FBI and the Justice Department's National Security Division have launched a review of the documents and how they ended up in Pence's house in Indiana. The classified documents were discovered at the former vice president's new home in Carmel, Indiana by a lawyer for Pence. That lawyer, Matt Morgan, um, Matt Morgan began going through four boxes stored at Pence's house last week, finding a small number of documents with classified markings. Matt Morgan has been with Pence for a long time. I believe he worked with Pence in 2016 on the campaign. And then he also served um, on on Pence's staff while he was at the white house. And then he also worked with Trump um, on the 2020 campaign. I don't think he, I'm trying to, I think he also worked on the election lawsuits for 2020. Now he's back with Pence. So anyway, Trump Pence circle attorney Um, Pence's lawyer immediately alerted the national archives and then the National Archives alerted the Justice Department. A lawyer for Pence told CNN that the FBI requested to pick up the documents with classified markings that evening, and Pence agreed. Agents from the FBI's field office in Indianapolis picked up the documents at Pence's home. Pence's legal team drove the boxes back to Washington, D.C. That's kind of interesting. They t- the, the FBI picked up the documents marked classified, and then the boxes were driven back to D.C. by Pence's legal team, handed over to the archives and reviewed the rest of the material for compliance with the Presidential Records Act. In a letter to the National Archives, Pence's representatives, Greg Jacob, wrote that, quote, a small number of documents bearing classified markings, that is key, were inadvertently boxed and transported to the vice president's home. Vice President Pence was unaware of the existence of sensitive or classified documents at his personal residence. Vice President Pence understands the high importance of protecting sensitive and classified information and stands ready and willing to cooperate fully with the National Archives and any appropriate inquiry. The classified material was stored in boxes that first went to Pence's temporary home in Virginia back in 2021 when he was in Virginia. Uh, right after the presidency, which, which was always interesting that he first went to Virginia and then now he's back in Indiana. Before they were moved to Indiana, according to the sources, the boxes were not in a secure area. Dun, dun, dun. But they were taped up and were not believed to have been opened since they were packed, according to Pence's attorney. Once the classified documents were discovered, the sources said they were placed inside a safe located in the house. Now, Trump immediately popped up. Let's see, this story broke at, what time was it? 11.04 p.m. It was, no, it's updated at that time. What time did it break? Well, I don't know. But sometime after, I think it broke in the morning, if I remember right. And then Trump got on truth and and truthed out something that me... Myself and many others have been waiting for him to truth for a very long time. (laughs) Mike Pence is an innocent man. He never did anything knowingly dishonest in his life. Leave him alone. Parsing this, 
Mike Pence is an innocent man. There's no ambiguity there. None. There's, there's, there's no ambiguity. Lynn Wood, hardest hit. Mike Pence is an innocent man. Boom. Lynn Wood and all of his bullshitting shills, hardest hit. Get wrecked. Get wrecked. All of you have been spreading misdis and malinfo about Vice President Mike Pence. Get wrecked. Screw off. I don't ever want to hear from you ever again. <laughs> Honestly. Mike Pence is an innocent man. If you think Trump is so stupid that he would appoint somebody vice president who he chose, Trump didn't get stuck with Pence. Trump selected Pence on his own. That's who he wanted. If you think Trump is so stupid and ignorant and incompetent that he would choose somebody who is anywhere close to as guilty of the things that have been alleged about Mike Pence as his VP, you don't know Trump or understand him. Mike Pence is a patriot, and Trump chose him to be his VP because he was a patriot and is a patriot and could be trusted to be his VP. It's right there. Mike Pence is an innocent man. He never did anything knowingly dishonest in his life. Leave him alone. Now, of course, him saying leave him alone is a guarantee that he won't be left alone. He won't be left alone. So Trump is at the same time telling people Mike Pence is an innocent man. And then also placing Mike Pence's bait. In three sentences, he is making Mike Pence bait. He's clearing him and he's making him bait. And my friend Misty G is right. Since it was okay for Joe Biden as VP to take classified documents and store him in his unsecured garage, which of course was locked with his Corvette, but it wasn't a secure facility for classified documents. The same goes for Pence, right? This is the predicament the predicament that the MSM is now in and Democrats in the MSM are now in this spot where they, they just like they attacked Trump for his class marked classified documents, marked classified. Now they're in the position where they got to defend Biden for his arrangement, but boom, now Pence has been caught quote unquote in very similar circumstances with boxes that contained marked classified documents unsecured in his home that he supposedly doesn't know about. And so the media are like going back and forth. It's, it's, they're just, they're probably spinning. VP versus VP declassification authority. Hilarious for the MSM journalist gyration says cube over on Twitter. It's right. It is absolutely VP versus VP declassification authority. What can the media do? I mean, arguing against themselves. So who's next? Who's next in this classified document treasure hunt or marked classified? 
it's important that we consider that it's marked classified because I don't believe that these documents actually are classified. I think that's why these lawyers are able to handle them and search for them is because they're not actually marked classified. If they were classified and shouldn't have been there, then I think some, uh, I think the authorities would have been there grabbing them, not having his lawyer search just like with Trump. Just like with Trump, the DOJ is letting Trump use private investigators and use his own lawyers to go searching various properties for marked classified documents. They know that they're declassified. They're declassified. And what's going on is an evidence transfer. They're transferring some evidence to the National Archives, to DOJ, that is needed for other things. Trump isn't the target. Pence isn't going to be a target, but John broke, John brought up a uh, good point. So does Pence get a special counsel as well? Now that his doc, his marked classified documents situation is being reviewed by DOJ is, um, is he going to get a special counsel? Well, Pence hasn't filed to run for 2024 yet. There was a bogus filing. There was a bogus filing um, with the uh, Election Commission, FEC. Uh, there was a bogus filing in late December. I think it was the very last week of December um, saying that Pence was running, but it, it wasn't. It was it was a prank or something. Um, I really don't know what to make of that one, but he hasn't filed to run for president yet. But if he does, and I wonder if he will now. He could be, it, it could be a way of him forcing Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel, which would be hilarious. Like everybody's got all the presidents, the vi- presidents and vice presidents getting special counsels. And who really is next? Because it makes sense that Obama could be next. Remember back in uh, August, right after the Mar-a-Lago raid, the National Archives have covered it on the show because there was a lot of discussion about how Obama has this many records and Obama has this, all this, and he never turned his stuff over. And I posted the memo, the statement from the National Archives. I think they put it out August 12th, if I remember right, saying that we have all of Obama's records. We took possession and control of them. And I remember people arguing with me, like, why do you believe the National Archives? I'm like, well, I mean, the National Archives is saying it. Like, no, but we have this Q drop saying that it, it's not, I'm not saying that it wasn't the case. The National Archives is saying that recently they took control of all of Obama's records. So are we soon going to learn from the National Archives that among Obama's records that he kept, they also found classified documents or marked classified documents? And Obama's in a weird position right now with uh, with Biden because if Obama steps up and tries to defend Biden and argue that he declassified those things, if he you know he would one be admitting what they are, he knows what they are, but at the same time that he defended and tried to excuse. Biden, he would also be defending and excusing both Trump and Pence. 
to some extent. What a predicament. Another tweet from John Harold, who I'm glad is back on Twitter. Add these two things together. Trump says Pence never did anything knowingly dishonest in his life. Pence says he never took the class he never took classified documents from the White House. I believe these docs they found were declassified, just like Trump's. And that is exactly what I think. I think Trump's documents are declassified. I think Pence's documents are declassified. They just still have the marked classified stamp on them or tape or whatever it is. And I believe Trump knows. I think Trump knows that Mike Pence is an innocent man is not a dishonest man. I think that I think that Trump thoroughly vetted Mike Pence before he even started considering him as VP back in 2016. That's right, HQ Lion. Obama's in a catch-22. And I wasn't planning on this, but I've already kind of like gotten into this area. So I'm going to go ahead and, and read this thread. Good morning, JC Bird. Thank you very much for the coffee money. Thank you. Um, yeah, I wasn't planning on reading this thread, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. And then we're going to jump into the indictment. Um, because this sub, this subject of Biden, this marked doc, marked documents and, uh, special counsels and stuff. Um, I want to, I want to address this thinking that is out there that the deep state is trying to get rid of Biden, which I think is true. Um, actually, before I read, I want to say one more thing about Pence. I want to say one more thing about Pence. Let me close some of these things. Uh, good morning, Karma Patriot. Kali, good morning, y'all. Um, Patriot Dave, Unchained, Sparky. Um, but especially Karma Patriot, because I know you're going to like what I have to say. Because I know that Karma Patriot and I and others who never bought into the Mike Pence's bad, Mike Pence's deep state BS. It was always BS and will always be BS. Those of us who never bought into that stuff have been wondering how can Pence be restored? How can, what is his redemption arc? Because it was necessary after J six, it was necessary actually before J six, it was necessary for Pence to play the role he did on J six. Trump had to ask Pence to do something that Pence should not have done and didn't do, thankfully. But that MAGA wanted Pence to do, which was unilaterally reject those slates of ballots, send them back to the states. Um, Ten more days of investigation, whatever, whatever would have happened with that. 
uh, you know, delay the certification of the 2020 election. And Trump was very vocal asking him, but Trump on January 6th said, sometimes it takes more courage to not do that, to not do something than to do something. He said three times and he was talking about Pence. The kayfabe between Pence and Trump has been an amazing kayfabe to watch unfold since January 6th because it was necessary for those two to be divided and seem at odds with one another. But if you notice, Donald Trump never told you that Pence was a bad man. He didn't tell you that Pence was crooked, swamp, that, you know, he, he wasn't going there. He was saying Pence didn't have the courage. If Pence had done what he needed to do, like all these kind of that, that kind of language. And the whole goal of that was to get the ECA reform. Trump and Pence successfully tricked their opponents in the Uniparty into reforming the ECA so that future vice presidents don't have the ability to do what Trump was asking Pence to do. And that is very, very important because we're going to come up in 2024 and in the future, in elections, we're going to have MAGA candidates who win the White House. But like coming up in 24, we're probably going to have Kamala Harris as VP. And Democrats are going to be wanting her to reject slates of ballots from MAGA states. They're going to do everything they can to prevent Trump from getting back into the White House in 2024. And so it's important that Kamala Harris does not have the power to do what Trump was asking Pence to do on January 6, 2021. But the only way that you could get them to reform ECA and take away that power from themselves was to scare the bejesus out of them on January 6th into thinking that Pence almost did that and Trump almost got away with it. That was the purpose of the Trump-Pence kayfabe. And in my opinion, at times, I've, I've had the opinion that it went too far. That not necessarily Trump's fault, but that because there was a massive PSYOP and mystic malinformation campaign launched against Pence by Lynn Wood and others, Right after on January 6th and afterward, they launched a massive mistis malinformation campaign on Pence to try and destroy that man. And they've largely succeeded. As evidenced by how many people have a seething hatred of him. They're drunk on haterade. <laughs> um, like Karma said, uh, drinking their haterade. Unfortunately, it's been pretty successful. And so Karma, myself, John Harold, many others have been wondering, what does the Pence redemption arc look like? How can he be restored? And I think we just saw Trump make a massive move in that direction. With this truth. And I personally don't think. That 
Trump-Pence 2024 is out of the realm of possibilities at all. At all. I think Trump-Pence 2024 is more likely than just about Trump paired with any other candidate. But to get there, Trump and team have to undo that missed this malinformation and the damage that it did. I know it's I know it's hard to hard to see um how that could happen, like because you've heard so many people bashing Pence for two years. But I think we might I'm praying, I'm praying that we're at the very beginning of that change and that shifting. Um, I was really, really glad to see this, this truth from Trump. And I think that, um, well, we'll see, we'll see what moves Pence makes. Um, I think the documents that he has are, are marked classified, but they're declassed. And it could be true that, that Pence doesn't even know that he had them. They were cause a lot. Of, I mean, you think, you think Pence really boxed up all of his stuff when he moved out of the white house. Really? You think Pence and or, and or Trump really boxed up their stuff when they moved out of the white house. I mean, I don't really think Biden boxed up his own stuff either. The GSA and other people box their stuff up. Now, they may say, I want to specifically take these things and these things, and I want this and that. But it's not like they went, Pence went in there with a box and started packing things up himself. I very highly doubt that. So it is possible that this stuff is classified um, and he liter- or declassified, and he literally had no idea that he had it. Um. I'm interested in what these documents are about. Really interested. Of course, I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys are too. Um, what an interesting timeline we're in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Michelle, good morning. I agree that the, uh, the knowingly is not incidental him putting knowingly, you know, he's putting that marker in there. Like Pence could be accused of some wrongdoing here. And, um, you know, it could be that he leans in. Maybe that's going to lean into that. Maybe Pence is going to get accused of some wrongdoing. And then it's going to come out that they're declassified. Um, The knowingly is there on purpose. So I I think it opens up a path, you know, like him having knowingly dishonest. Like it opens up a path there that this might, this story might go down for a time before coming back to Pence's innocent. But Trump saying, leave him alone. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's, he just put a target on Pence. See, this is one of the reasons why I don't just think, I don't just think that Pence is a Patriot. I think, and I very, I, I strongly believe this Pence is among the great, the greatest. He is among the greatest Patriots of our time. And I know that people are going to be like, what? Kyle, you're an idiot. 
No, <laughs> you guys believe some bullshit. Pence is among the greatest patriots of our time. Because of the hate he is getting, because he endures it, because he has elected to go down this path and take all of this hate for a greater purpose, for a greater cause. There aren't many people who have been elected to office who would endure what Pence has endured. And there are very, very few people extreme, um, like count it on your hands, people who would go through what Pence has gone through and not turn on Trump. Pence has had many opportunities to turn on Trump and has never done it. That should tell you that the hatred of Pence is grossly misplaced. He could have 25th him. He could have testified to J6 committee and threw him under the bus. He could have been making media rounds, trashing Trump for the past two years. He could have simply written an affid- a letter. He could have simply written just a letter to the J6 committee talking about how Trump was reckless and caused the J6 insurrection and all of this stuff. And Nope. Never done it. Never done it. Sometimes it's the stuff that people don't do that really tells you who they are, right? Think about all the opportunities that Pence has had to damage Trump. Now, not saying that he would succeed. Just saying, think about think about how many other politicians, if they were in Pence's place over these past couple years. Hell, think of the ones that are anywhere close to Pence's stature and have trashed Trump at every opportunity. That really tells you the measure of that man. He is among the greatest patriots of our time. And I have no I have no doubt that in the fullness of time, probably going to take years, people will look back and they'll realize this. Okay. Now, onto this thread, which I didn't plan on getting into, but we're going to get into Good morning, R.L. Skeeter. Thank you for the Rumble rant. Um, it, I would, it goes way back before that. It goes way back before the uh, the funeral and the envelopes. But I gotta say, people bring up people people bring up the envelopes and how Pence got one or whatever. Like, dude, like we know we nobody knows what was in those envelopes. Like, I know the drop set the drops say our promise to counter, but you don't know if Pence's was blank. Or if it said, good job, or let's go out to eat at Waffle House after this thing. Like, nobody knows what was in those envelopes. And 
to to and i'm not saying you're you're doing this like you're reading into it but so many people read into those and say oh well he got an envelope so therefore he's bad like it's not proof of anything it's really not it's nobody has any idea what is proof what is proof is pence actions and pence's inactions the things he's done to better this country and the things he's done to protect this country and to protect his president so but i think it goes way back before that there's a great story i've shared it before uh where pence um trump's plane got delayed in indiana and pence and trump and their their wives went out to dinner or whatever and they had these meetings and um supposedly it was unplanned but i kind of think it was always planned uh, to have these mechanical issues with the plane, supposedly so that Trump and Pence could have time away to meet as Trump was selecting his VP candidate. Um, and I think that Trump, who has his own intel people, vetted Pence a long time ago. And I think that Pence was screened, and I think Pence was uh, selected by Patriots a long time ago. Um, yeah, I don't see for any, for anybody who believes in, in Q and the drops and stuff. I don't, I don't see how you don't also believe that Pence is a Patriot because how could that operation even function unless Pence was high up in the operation? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense that you, that he wouldn't be, um, Anyway, anyway, enough, enough, enough of that stuff. No. Um, when people who are doubting Pence still, for some reason, decide to come over to the Pence is a Patriot camp, we will welcome you with open arms. Looking forward to you joining us. All right. <laughs> this thread. Now, no doubt the deep state wants Biden gone. He has failed as a president and as a leader for them. And I mean that very specifically for them. Okay. He's failed as far as they go. And some people will say, well, he's not in charge. He's not in charge. Uh, Biden is just a proxy for Obama. Well, he hasn't been a good one, has he? He hasn't, he hasn't been a good one at all. It's been a disaster. After disaster, after disaster, they are too numerous to list. However, I don't think the special counsels, any of the three that are running, Durham, Smith, or her, are by their design. I think they are just hoping to use the most recent one, her, as a vehicle to get Biden out the door so that one of their own can turn things around. And that's right. I, I don't think Biden, I think Biden is no longer theirs. And I don't believe trying to force him out will work. Not quickly anyway. Before he exits, whether via resignation, the 25th, or perhaps even the 2024 election, which I do think is the most likely. That's what I, that's what I lean towards. 
is that um, he's going to be he's going to last until the 2024 election. Um, I know a lot of people think he might be gone before then. And, um, you know, it could happen, but personally, I think it's most likely, uh, that Pence is going to be in there. I mean, uh, Biden is going to be in there until 2024 election gets him out. Um, I see that uh, people on Rumble are saying I froze. Everything's good on my end, but Rumble has been under DDoS attack for the past like 12 hours or so. So, um, so uh, that might still be going on. So you may just need to refresh. I think what we are witnessing, this is key, guys. This is really key. What I think we are witnessing right now Is a series of counterstrikes that are being set up and landed. That's what this Biden doc scandal is. It's a devastating counterstrike. Trump set them up with his own bogus document scandal, which was really just a transfer of evidence from Trump to DOJ, which Trump and team orchestrated in the first place. And the setup worked beautifully. Precedent set, templates cut, and narratives deployed. And now... The boomerang, the counterpunch, the White House caught in its own and even bigger and potentially criminal document scandal of its own. Their response is to pivot to pushing Biden out so that Kamala can get in. Which means they are turning on Biden. Good. This is really key. Normies moderates and what converts maybe had from the left, they were never going to listen to criticism of Biden that originated from Trump or conservative incorporated or anons or anyone they perceived to be biased, right? But they may listen to the MSM and people they perceive to be biased left. Convincing people in the middle and left politically to drop Biden that Biden should be exited will necessarily involve detailing Biden's alleged offenses to them. In Biden's alleged crimes, they are prototypical swamp crimes. They are prototypical deep state crimes. See where this is going. Got popcorn. The point I'm making here is that Biden is not controlled by them. He's going to do as much damage to the D party as possible. And in the, in the, the deep state's effort to get him out so that they can get Kamala higher up and try and stop the destruction of the D party they're going to end up informing their own people, their own audiences, their NPCs and whatnot of Biden's crimes, which are the kinds of crimes that everybody in the swamp commits. That's what I think is setting up. I don't believe that any of these, these, these councils 
are actually deep state councils or cover up operations or anything like that. Watch it, watch it play out. Watch it play out. I think we're, these are these are interesting times. I'm having a ton of fun. I hope you're having a ton of fun too. Next, actually, let me grab uh, any patriot. Thank you for the rumble rant. They say they are so thankful for myself and John Harold schooling us on Pence. You have both helped me so much not to be angry angry with him during this time. Thank you. You are welcome. You are very welcome. Thank you. Okay. Let's go. So far, 2023 is, is awesome. All right. If you've been watching my show for at least four months, you may remember this segment that I ran back in September, about September 15th or 16th, I think it was. And I covered this former FBI special agent, an agent in charge, Charles McGonagall, and that he was under investigation. And I'm not going to play this whole video. There we go. But in this, I covered... The news of this guy being under investigation happened to hit this Q drop plus one day. So the the drop is for September 14th, 2020, and it says, hold the line, writers. Justice is coming, Q. And the story that McGonagall was under investigation dropped in Business Insider on September 15th. So... Plus one day. And I was like, you know, I wonder if these things are connected here because this guy, this guy was at the FBI field office and he had his things in a lot, he had his hands in a lot of things. And I've since found out he had his things in a lot more than I realized back then. Um, and then I thought it was a pretty big deal because this guy's connected to Oleg Deripaska and Oleg Deripaska was, is a, is a key figure in Spygate slash Russiagate. And, He's also, shortly after this, remember, he was indicted, him and um, Olga Shriki, his accountant who's here in the U.S. and was arrested, and uh, her trial is coming up. I don't, I don't remember if a trial date's been set or not, but that case is active. Um, and so I'm think, and I, and I kind of wonder, is this Durham? Is this a Durham thing? Looking at this guy, it makes sense that it could be. Um, and yeah, so if you were watching back then, then you got familiarize with this guy just a little bit. It was a short segment, but I was excited about it. Yeah, there's that drop. So not an exact Delta, but a Delta plus one. And sometimes that happens as uh, my friends, Abs and Stormy, I think it was Abs specifically pointed out, you know, in some of the Spygate drops and other drops, it says plus one. And sometimes plus one is another person, but sometimes it's another day or what not. This article came out in Breitbart two days later, or no, a day later, um, about that same um, report. 
It says U.S. attorneys convened a grand jury to examine the conduct of Charles McGonigal, the former head of counterintelligence at the New York FBI field office. A witness subpoena obtained by the outlet indicated that the government was looking into McGonigal's business dealings with a top aide to Oleg Deripaska, a Russian oligarch who was an associate of Paul Manafort, who served for several months as Trump's campaign manager. NBC News reported in January 2018 that the Russian tycoon had been repeatedly denied a visa to enter the United States over his alleged ties to organized crime. The FBI, as you guys probably remember because I've said it many times, the FBI raided Deripaska's homes in D.C. and New York City in October of 2021. We still don't know for sure what those raids were about. And they might have been, I mean, they probably were about multiple things. They, they may have contributed to this case. They may have contributed to um, Olga Shriki's case and his case and that indictment. We don't know for sure, but um, I reckon they're probably contributed to many cases. The subpoena was issued in November 2021 and requested records related to McGonagall and a consulting firm called Spectrum Risk Solutions. In a separate filing a week after the subpoena was issued, a Soviet-born immigrant named Sergei Shestakov said McGonagall had helped facilitate an introduction between Deripaska aide, a Deripaska aide, and Spectrum. McGonagall also reportedly introduced the aide to a law firm specializing in advising clients investigated for fraud and misconduct. Well, we got it. Former FBI official charged with violating Russian sanctions and money laundering on January 23rd. McGonagall has been indicted in a five count indictment, but there's actually two indictments. In a separate case in DC, he's facing charges related to a $225,000 in cash that he received from a person with business interest in Europe and who worked for a foreign intelligence service. So let's grab These things. And here is, let's do the first DOJ press release and the second one. This is the first one. Former FBI, former special agent in charge of the FBI New York Counterintelligence Division charged with violating U.S. sanctions on Russia. A Russian court and government interpreter also charged with violating U.S. sanctions on Russia. A former special agent in charge of New York's counterintelligence division and a former Soviet and Russian diplomat were arrested Saturday. Now, they were arrested. He was arrested at JFK Airport, by the way. I don't know where. We'll look and see if it says where uh, Shestikov was arrested. But um, McGonagall was arrested at JFK Airport. There are some criminal charges related to their alleged violating and conspiring to violate the International Emergency Economic Powers Act and conspiring to commit money laundering and commit money laundering and money laundering, conspiring to commit and then committing. According to court documents, McGonagall, 54 of New York City, and Shestikov, 69 of Morris, Connecticut, are charged in a five-count indictment unsealed today in the Southern District of New York with these violations. According to court documents, 
On April 6, 2018, the U.S. Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control designated Oleg Deripaska as a specially designated national in connection with its findings that the actions of the government in the Russian Federation with respect to Ukraine constitute an unusual and extraordinary threat to U.S. national security and foreign policy. According to the U.S. Treasury, Deripaska was sanctioned for having acted or purported to act on behalf of, directly or indirectly, a senior official of the government of the Russian Federation and for operating in the energy sector of the Russian economy. Russian Federation economy. McGonagall is a former special agent in charge of FBI's counterintelligence division in New York, who retired in 2018. While working at the FBI, McGonagall supervised and participated in investigations of Russian oligarchs, including Deripaska. Sergei Shestakov is a former Soviet and Russian diplomat who later became a U.S. citizen and a Russian interpreter for courts and government offices. In 2021, McGonagall and Shestikov conspired to provide services to Deripaska. So this is 2021. This is after Trump admin. This is after Spygate. These guys think they're in the clear to start conspiring. But they were already conspiring before that. But 2021, they're like, hey, let's do some business together. In violation of U.S. sanctions and imposed on Deripaska in 2018. Specifically, following their negotiations with an agent of Deripaska, McGonagall and Shestikov agreed and did investigate a rival Russian oligarch in return for concealed payments from Deripaska. As part of their negotiations with Deripaska's agent, McGonagall, Shestikov, and the agent attempted to conceal Deripaska's involvement by, among other means, not directly naming Deripaska in electronic communications, using shell companies as counterparties in the contract that outlined the services to be performed, using a forged signature on that contract, and using the same shell companies to send and receive payment from Deripaska. Does anybody think that this is the first time McGonagall has shielded Deripaska? I don't. I don't. I think this is a continuation. I think this is a continuation of what this guy did at the FBI for Oleg Deripaska in respect to Russiagate and Spygate. I think this is just a continuation, and this is what he got caught doing. So far, McGonagall and Shestikov were aware that their actions violated U.S. sanctions because, among other reasons, while serving as SAC, McGonagall received then classified information that Deripaska would be added to a list of oligarchs considered for sanctions as part of the process that led to the imposition of sanctions against Deripaska. (coughs) In addition, in 2019, McGonagall and Chestikov worked on behalf of Deripaska in an unsuccessful effort to have the sanctions against Deripaska lifted. In November 2021, when FBI agents questioned Chestikov about the nature of his and McGonagall's relationship with Deripaska's agent, Chestikov made false statements in a recorded interview. McGonagall and Chestikov are charged in the Southern District of New York with one count of conspiring to violate and evade U.S. sanctions in violation of the IEEPA one count 
of violating IA, IEEPA, one count of conspiring to commit money laundering, and one count of money laundering, each of which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. So let's add that. So uh, five times 20 is 100 years. So this isn't like this guy is going to get probation, five years probation or something and a fine. Maximum penalty on this stuff is 100 years in prison. Shestikov is also charged with one count of making false statements, which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Shestikov and McConaughey were arrested in New York on Saturday and will make their initial court appearances this afternoon before magistrate judge, blah, 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 assistant attorney, blah, 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 national security division, Damian Williams, New York field office. Great job to the FBI, New York field office for indicting one of their own investigating and indicting one of their own credit where it's due, right? This is the other indictment. Retired FBI agent charged with concealing $225,000 in cash received from a former intelligence officer. This one is out of DC. This first one, the big one for a hundred, possibly a hundred years in prison. Maximum penalty, five counts. This one is out of the SDNY. This one is out of DC. Charles McGonigal has been arrested on charges relating to his receipt of $225,000 in cash from an individual who had business interests in Europe and who had been an employee of a foreign intelligence service while McGonagall was serving as special agent in charge of the FBI counterintelligence efforts in New York. According to the nine-count indictment, nine counts, Unsealed today from August 2017 and continuing through and beyond his retirement from the FBI in September 2018, McGonagall concealed from the FBI the nature of his relationship with a foreman, former foreign security officer and business person who had ongoing business interests in foreign countries and before foreign governments. Specifically, McGonagall requested and received at least $225,000 in cash from the individual and traveled abroad with the individual and met with foreign nationals. The individual later served as an FBI source in a criminal investigation involving foreign political lobbying over which McGonagall had off had official supervisory responsibility. So this guy flipped. This guy became an FBI source as part of another investigation and flipped on McGonagall. McGonagall is accused of engaging in other conduct in his official capacity as an FBI special agent in charge that he believed would benefit the business person financially. McGonagall's initial appearance in the District of Columbia has not yet been scheduled. McGonagall is charged with concealing material facts and with six counts of making false statements, each of which carries a maximum penalty of five years. So that's 30 years plus concealing. Yeah, so that's like 35 years that he's facing. McGonagall is also charged with two counts of falsification of records and documents, which carries a maximum of 20. So that's like 70. Okay, so 75 years. So in this indictment out of D.C., he's facing a maximum of 75 years. And out of the indictment in SDNY, he's facing a maximum of 100 years. 
I told y'all that news back then was big. I told y'all I was like, this is something's big is brewing. This is big. Now, I would like to read the indictments in full, but we're going to run out of time if I do that. So instead, I want to play Connect the Coincidences, which is a new game I just made up. Somebody has probably used that line before me, but I'm using it now. Connect the Coincidences. Dawson is right. All the real bad guys in Spygate were working for Oleg Deripaska to obstruct and frame the FBI. Such as this McGonagall guy. In fact, I want to grab... I want to grab a picture of him walking out of court so that I can just refer back to it over and over. I'm just going to refer to a picture of him. There we go. Should we do this one? There we go. We're just going to refer to this picture over and over after I read something. There we go. So all the real bad guys in Spygate were working for Oleg Deripaska to obstruct and frame the FBI. Like this guy. Working for Oleg Deripaska. Shielding Deripaska from investigations. Probably steering investigations out of the New York field office in directions that would lead investigators away from the real criminals and towards people who were innocent to try and frame good FBI, to try and frame Donald Trump, to try and frame the Trump campaign. This is from December 20th, 2021. So this is over a year ago. Dawson said by 2019, people working for Oleg Deripaska included the former head of FBI New York field office counterintelligence unit. The unit assigned that unit that this bastard was running was assigned the Carter Page investigation in early 2016. So this this isn't just some guy who was taking money from somebody in Spygate. This guy was taking money from the Spygate financier, Oleg Deripaska, was shielding him and trying to get sanctions lifted off of him and his companies. And this guy was handed the Carter Page investigation in early 2016. So what do you think he did with that? Of course he manipulated it to try and do damage to Trump and the Trump campaign and to shield the people responsible for the, for the FISA abuse, the abuse of Carter Page. Former SAC Charles McGonagall, shout out to Dawson for realizing this connection with McGonagall way earlier than most, way earlier than most. Charles McGonagall had connected them to an unnamed former senior counterintelligence official from the FBI. Here is the far resist, FARA Registration. The FARA also lists Lord Barker of Battle as one of the foreign principals giving orders. I've covered him in other threads due to his connections to the Russian, UK, and swamps. Shout out also to this Stedman guy 
who put this together, this article from December 20th, 2021. It's forensic news. Looks like they still operate. I'm not familiar with them, but they still operate and put out something about once or twice a month. You can see it listed over here. But he put together this graphic, which is super useful based off of the FAR registration. Here's Oleg Deripaska. His senior aide is Yevgeny Fokin. And Fokin is connected to Russian intelligence. He is connected to the Cobra and Kim Law Firm, who is run, who I will get into maybe later. And then he's associated with Charles McGonagall and associated with Sergei Shestakov. And I'll turn my video off just for a moment so you can see the other connection. So see, Deripaska was able to influence the FBI because he could contact an intermediary, Fokin, who could then get in touch with McGonagall and Shestikov, and they could influence the FBI's investigations and steer them away from the real criminals. <laughs> Zelosophy. <laughs> good morning, Zelosophy. Oh, man, that's good. Zelosophy says, what a fucking jerk. <laughs> Oh, that's a good graphic. Shout out to uh, this forensic news guy who he, he got he got all this information from a fire registration. Um, so anyway, back to Dawson's thread in 2018, Deripaska got the New York Times to publish an article threatening to expose the swamps of both London and D.C. if they did not shut down the Mueller investigation into Deripaska's role in Spygate. I don't know how many of you remember this or have ever looked on back and looked at it, but New York times did this article, this interview with Oleg Deripaska. And one of the, one of the things about Spygate and Mueller investigation is that remember Hillary was never supposed to lose. You have to always keep in mind that Hillary was never, ever supposed to lose. They were never, ever supposed to be in this situation where they were having to continue their lies about Trump and his campaign and also cover up their own wrongdoing with the media running cover for them and trying to keep certain stories alive, such as they needed to keep this Russia collusion story alive because they needed to impeach Trump. They wanted Mueller to find something and to get Trump, but in reality, Mueller wasn't ever going to get Trump because Mueller was never after Trump. Mueller was always after the people who tried to frame Trump, regardless of what the media said. And so New York Times, with articles like this, they want to make Oleg Deripaska's Putin's guy who was there to try and influence Trump through Manafort but they also don't want to expose that Deripaska and the swamp are connected to their friends in the swamp. And it was all a hoax. Mostly it was an effort to threaten UK prime minister Cameron to expose his swampy ties. If they didn't kill the investigation of Deripaska. It didn't work because the FBI recently raided Deripaska's properties in the U.S. 
Somebody's home. I think my wife is upstairs. Did I miss a message? I hope it's that my, my wife's upstairs. That or somebody broke into my house because I hear somebody walking around upstairs. Um, y'all, y'all tell me if somebody pops up behind me, okay? So, now, you may have also heard of Charles McGonagall before if you studied this awesome Epoch Times graphic. Let me scroll all the way back up. All the way back up. This. This graphic, which I'm sure you all have seen before, McGonagall's actually on it. But he's on it at the very, very bottom, and they didn't even include a picture of him. He's right down here. Right here. He's in this, and it's actually cut off. Like, he's... They didn't even like include him the little blurb in their link here from the Epoch Times. They linked this graphic right here. In their tweet, they didn't even include the description of him. Let me uh see if it'll open it up here. There we go. There we go. So look, he's way where'd it go? Down here. He's been on here on July 20. No, this one, July 28. No, that's September. I've already lost my place where he is. They didn't even include a picture of him. So. But that's okay. He's turning out to be way more important than many realized. Let me get out of that. So. Next thing. Chuck Ross, D.C. This is something while at the FBI, Charles McGonagall essentially opened an investigation into an American lobbyist working for Albania's opposition party. McGonagall was at the time covertly on the payroll of Albanian agents. So this guy wasn't just getting paid by Deripaska. He was also on the take from people in Albania. And Albania is basically a narco state, if you don't know. The indictment doesn't specify, but this could be the FBI investigation into former Trump aide Nick Musin, who represented the Democratic Party of Albania. And when you know it, David Korn who worked with Christopher Steele to push the fake Russia collusion, did the first story about this American lobbyist who was being targeted by McGonagall. That article appeared on March 6, 2018. McGonagall had been scheming for months with Albania's prime minister to go after this, this lobbyist, this specific one. Two days before the article, McGonagall, the prime minister... Sorry, got a text from my wife. He says it's me upstairs, not an intruder. Um, two days before this article, the McGon- that, that's relief. McGonagall, the prime minister and an ex-FBI agent who worked for a professional services firm, had dinner in New York City. Let me read that again. <laughs> this article right here, 
written by David Korn at Mother Jones, who worked for Christopher Steele previously to push the collusion nonsense, wrote this hit piece on Nick Musin, who represented Albania to the Trump campaign. That article appeared on March 6, 2018. McGonagall had been scheming for months before that with Albania's prime minister to go after this lobbyist. Two days before the article, McGonagall, the prime minister, and an ex-FBI agent who worked for, quote, professional services firm, had dinner in D.C. So, (laughs) swamp. Swamp. Dawson says no time to threat on vacation, but while at FBI, McGonagall was working for an Albanian Prime Minister Rama, or the Albanian Prime Minister Rama. Rama is a friend of Turkish Prime Minister Erdogan. He was caught on tape in 2017 working with organized crime to rig an election. Drug trafficking is one third of Albania's economy. And this guy was getting paid by Albania to go after certain lobbyists, to steer investigations, getting paid by Deripaska to shield him, steer certain investigations in certain directions. Now, some more dots, some more dots. Let's con or coincidences. Let's connect the coincidences. McGonagall has hired former special counsel Durham's high level prosecutor, Seth Ducharm. Now, Seth Ducharm was actually not a high-level prosecutor for Durham. That is incorrect. But he, and FOIA fan corrected this. He's the one who first I saw posted about this. But Ducharm was working for Barr with Durham at a high level. It's just that Seth Ducharm wasn't employed by special counsel Durham's office, okay? He was employed by DOJ, but they were working together. There wasn't a special counsel's office at that time. So anyway, Durham, Barr, Seth Ducharm, Horowitz, all working together on Spygate. Seth Ducharm has since left DOJ and gone into private practice, and this bastard has hired him as his defense attorney. Let's connect the coincidences. Let me go ahead and grab. Let me back up just a bit. So Seth Ducharm, he's the former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York. He is now an attorney at Bracewell LLP. Bracewell is Giuliani's old firm. It used to be known as Bracewell and Giuliani. It is where Barbara S. Jones, who was the special master in the Cohen raid, the Rudy raid, 
the Project Veritas raid and the Trump org cases is a partner. Isn't that dasting AF that this guy hired someone from Bra- someone from Bracewell and Giuliani ex EDNY attorney and somebody who worked very high at a very high level on Spygate? And let me show let me show you how high <laughs> this guy. Was way up there. Here it is from Pacer. Bracewell LLP Seth David Ducharme hired as defense counsel for McGonagall. Here's an email between Barr, Seth Ducharme, and John Durham. And there are many. I did a search. Let me go ahead and search this for you. So this is from FOIA fan, who's a great follow. A little bit black-pilled for my taste, but you can't knock his research ability. And he does really great work getting all these FOIA documents, so I pay close attention to what he posts. And if you search this right here, this is DOJ communications between the Office of the Attorney General and John Durham. That's what these FOIAs are, okay? If you search this for Ducharm, <coughs> sorry, you get 99 results across 81 pages. I scrolled through some of these and one that I really liked, let me see if I can find it for you. I showed it last night to uh, Abs and Stormy Patriot Joe. Um, it has to do with Barr and Durham's trip to Italy to meet with um Miss Food, <coughs> Miss Food, wh- whatever Mifsud. Um, sorry, I'm coughing, guys. I'll try to hit the mute button next time. Let me see if I can find it. Did I bookmark it individually? I may not have. Hold on, just a moment. I'm going to get it for you because it's worth seeing. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to grab it. Hold up. Hold up. I've got it over here. And. Where are you at? There it is. I got it. Okay. Let me save the image and I'll load it. And boom, got it. Okay. So this email is from 921, or it says chat with Will Levi, who was Barr's uh, chief of staff, I believe, and AG Barr's personal phone. And it says August 11th, 2019. Through 921 2019, this is a selection of just some text messages. 
And what it says right here, boss, this is from Will Levi. I just received the following. This is on August 11th, 2019 is when this text message is from. I just, re- I just received the below from our Italian friends. We had asked them whether they might be able to meet you in Italy on the 15th or 16th, this Thursday or Friday. And this is their response. Hi, Will conveyed them the message as agreed. General Gennaro Viccioni, head of the DIS, which is our DNI, would be happy to meet with AG, meaning Bar, in Rome on August 15th at 5 o'clock, followed, if appreciated, by a dinner. I would need to know who's going to be with him, and especially if the embassy is included. Thank you. Let me know, Maurizio. Let me know if I should get the wheels moving on this. AG Bar. Let's says, let's do this. Leave Wednesday night. Come back after dinner. Seth needs to be there. He's talking about Seth Ducharme. No embassy. So this is how important this guy's defense attorney, Seth Ducharme, is. He's so important that it was Barr, Seth Ducharme, and Durham who went to Italy to go interview, to meet with the Italian DNI and to and Mifsud. That's how high up this Seth Ducharme was. If you watched Eye of the Storm last night, you saw this. Shout out to Patriot Joe who uh, sent it to me. January 23rd, we got an exact delta. We have a delta again. Plus one of, no, it's not even plus one. It's right on the delta. Um, Two-year delta for, three-year delta. For this indictment, it says worth following precursor. And if you go to this Giuliani tweet, It says, starting tomorrow, we will begin cracking through the swamp media cover-up of top-level Democrats selling their public office, resulting in multi-millions in Ukraine and the conspired attempt with foreign officials to destroy the Trump candidacy. Wow. Doesn't that perfectly connect to what this indict these indictments are about? And it's from Rudy, and it's in this drop, and... Who did this guy hire as a defense attorney? Seth Ducharme. Who is where? At Bracewell. Which is what? Giuliani's former firm. (coughs) Connection after connection after connection. Just coincidences, right? Like I talk about how we can, like I try to go by with drops, like, okay, I need three points of contact to prevent overreaching, making connections that aren't there. But we have a Delta on the dot for three years, connecting to a Rudy tweet, and the Rudy tweet is about Democrats selling their public office, conspiring with the foreign officials to destroy Trump, And on the same day, we have the indictment of this mofo, and he's hired Seth Ducharme, who works at Giuliani's old firm, to be his defense attorney. I mean, we get yeah, we got way more than three, don't we, Michelle? We got way more than three here.
Trump said, The FBI guy after me for the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax long before my election as president was just arrested for taking money from Russia, Russia, Russia. May he rot in hell. No ambiguity there. The way the New York Post reports it is that this New York FBI agent, McGonagall, helped trigger the investigation into the 2016 Trump campaign's alleged ties to Russia. Privy Baker tagged me on Twitter, and I appreciate it because they tagged me and are good. This is what part of the reason I got down the Seth Ducharme rabbit hole yesterday is that Horowitz and Durham on the same email right here with Seth Ducharme from April 12th, 2019. We were trying to figure out who the uh, redacted name is, and uh, my best guess is that it's Will Levi, but I'm not sure. Um, it fits, but I don't know for sure. Now, the bad take of the day award is going to go to a usual suspect, in all honesty. Han says, Sergey is right. Durham just got an unexpected lifeline. No, no. Durham doesn't need a lifeline. Durham, does, Dur- Durham doesn't need a lifeline. I don't, know, I don't know how you look at this right here and think that, oh, this is a lifeline for Durham that this guy got indicted. It's because of Durham that this guy got indicted. It's the other way around. I love this tweet from Adam Carpenter. You can file the Durham needs to sentences and statements right after the Trump or right next to the Trump needs to statements. Anybody that writes Trump needs to blank, blank, blank. It's a bad take. And anybody who writes Durham needs to blank, blank, blank. It's a bad take. What I think is going on, and I thought I saved Margot Cleveland's tweet. Because Margot Cleveland tweeted this out, I know. Pardon me. Margot Cleveland tweeted this out. I know she did, and I don't know where it is. I thought I saved it, but maybe I missed it. Is that connecting the coincidences? It seems really likely to me that what has happened here is that Durham has possibly deferred prosecution of this guy to the DOJ. Don't know for sure, but I think it makes more sense that instead of believing that DOJ on its own has been investigating this FBI special agent, former FBI special agent, who's in the middle of Spygate, it means I, I think it makes I think it makes more sense that 
Durham and his investigators gathered evidence on this guy and deferred prosecution of him to DOJ. Probably because Durham is working on something bigger. Or because Durham is working, you notice what he's indicted for, it doesn't have to do with Spygate directly. Um, It has to do with him being on the take, being corrupt, um, FARA violations, him him conspiring to uh, launder money, sanction violations, that kind of thing. So it's not directly Spygate. But it's with a Spygate player, and he himself is a Spygate player. So I think Durham deferred prosecution of this guy for those things to DOJ, which means that Merrick Garland approved. It's getting, it's getting more and more difficult to occupy a space on the board where you think that Merrick Garland is swamp and is shielding corrupt people in DOJ and FBI, isn't it? It's looking more and more like Merrick Garland is draining the swamp. I think Durham handed over some evidence and made sure this guy got prosecuted by DC and SDNY and that he might get a superseding indictment from Durham in the future for his role in Spygate. I think it's likely that he will, but first He's going to be indicted for these things. And I think he's hired Seth Ducharme from Bracewell as his defense attorney because, and this was the tweet I was looking for from, actually, let me just find Margot because I got to give her credit. Margot's pretty good. I, I like Margot Cleveland. Um, where, uh, where is she at? Where is she at? Where is she at? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Maybe she just did it as a comment. Okay, maybe I, I, okay, I did save it. I just missed that the line. If you knew you were in deep trouble and wanted to cut a deal and had info that would help Durham, who would you hire? I think it makes sense that this guy has hired Seth Ducharme because he wants to get a deal. He wants to get a big deal to get himself out of a heck of a lot of trouble. And so he hired someone who worked with Durham closely in Spygate so that he could go directly to negotiating a deal.
makes sense. It makes sense to me. Um, empty wheel who is on the left and, uh, it can be really annoying to read her stuff sometimes, but she does annoy She does notice some interesting details. Um, she did put together this timeline. It's also always useful to think of things in a timeline. August, 2017, McGonagall first asked for Albanian money. September 7th, 2017, McGonagall travels to Albania. October 5th, 2017, McGonagall receives $80,000 in a parked car from an Albanian. So, (laughs) wow. November 18th, 2017, McGonagall conducts an interview in Vienna with Albanian actor as translator. The FBI has no record of the interview. Then McGonagall flies to Albania and discusses business with the same witness. This is all from the indictment. November 25th, 2017. McGonagall predicates an investigation into the lobbyist for a rival Albanian politician. February 28th, 2018, McGonagall formally opens an investigation into that Albanian. McGonagall dines with Prime um, May 4th, just like a week later. McGonagall dines with Prime Minister of Albania. April 27th, 2018, McGonagall pitched two people in Germany to get involved in Bosnian affairs, facilitates an introduction to the U.S. ambassador to UN. McGonagall June to August 2018, McGonagall sets up an arrangement whereby Bosnian Tide Pharma Company would pay Albanian five half a million dollars to broker ties between the UN. Spring summer 2018, Sergei Shestakov at Sergei Shestakov's request. This is from the SCNY indictment. At Shestakov's request, remember we looked at. Did I already take that graphic down? Yeah, I did. Regardless, um, McGonagall sets up Deripaska's agent's daughter with an NYPD internship. That would be Yevgeny Fokin's daughter. September 2018, McGonagall retires from the FBI. She says there are a number of key investigations, including some in which Deripaska had tangential interest on which McGonagall would have had complete visibility. Their compromise would present that, that their compromise would present a grave threat to the country. This, this is key. Like this guy is so closely connected to Deripaska, but through intermediaries and at the same time is looking directly into the Spygate investigations from 2016 to 2018. He's directly looking at Carter Page and other Russiagate investigations. This guy could have very easily made sure that those investigations were steered away from leads that would have led investigators to Deripaska more directly. And at the same time, he could have given information through intermediaries to Deripaska and to help him and his associates avoid being caught. Yeah, Luz, Gar- <clears throat> Luz Garcia, thank you for the rumble rant. Nothing is happening, right? Nothing is happening. 
uh, DHX over on Foxhole. Yeah, that's possible. They say that this guy could be throwing some of the bigger fish to protect himself. If it goes all the way to the top, then who could be truly clean? I, f- I feel, I feel like this is such massive news and I was so happy to see so many accounts celebrating the indictments of this guy. I feel like not many people really spent much time on the news that this guy was under investigation back last fall, back in September. I'm really glad that people noticed it now. I think it's huge. Happy days is awesome. Do I have, what was this other one I pulled up? Hold on just a moment. Okay. I know what this is. All right. Hold on just a moment. I want to pull something up. Folks, if you enjoy the show, make sure to hit the plus um, or the thumbs up over on rumble. That really helps me out. And I really, I really appreciate it. If you, uh, if you want to support this show, buy me a coffee.com slash just human. Keep my coffee cup filled or justhuman.substack.com. Those are the two best ways to support the show. And I really appreciate it. This uh it's your support that makes makes this show possible. Rumble rants are great. And uh, there's other ways to support the show, but I got to say that my Substack and the Buy Me a Coffee are the best. Um, hold on just a moment. I'm trying to find a certain tweet. Okay, got that. I want that one, but then ah, this guy tweets too much. He tweets too much. (laughs) And grab it over here. It's worth the wait. This is a very professional show. You know it. Okay, I got a screenshot of it. I'm going to use a screenshot. Okay. Two more things. The first one is from Charlie Savage, who... Credit where it's due, I gotta give a shout out to Charlie Savage. One, he uh he used his uh contacts and his his uh role as a New York Times reporter, his access as a New York Times reporter to get access to Rodney Joffe's complaint against Newstar, where he's suing Newstar 
to pay his legal bills. Um, so shout out to him. Um, I really appreciate him doing that. But then also he did this short thread, uh, which is based off a New York times article on this indictment, um, of McGonagall. And he mentions, I had nothing to do with this article, but this viral tweet is misinformation. In 2016, the FBI was running the Russia inquiry out of its DC headquarters, not in its New York field office where McGonagall was counter Intel chief. Counter Intel officials like Priestap and Strzok supervised it. That is correct. For those who care, here is the org chart of the Russian investigation team in 2016 from page 81 of the IG report. McGonagall's previous role was at the Cyber Counterintelligence Coordination section, which is not on here. So this guy was not like he's not in the org of the investigation. This is from July 31st, 2016 to December 2016. This has to do with Crossfire Hurricane. So this McGonagall wasn't in this, but he still had visibility of things. And he did get the Carter Page investigation. So there's like, this is true what Savage is saying here, but he is still, he's closer to the Russia investigation than media is making. You know, it's like, in, it's like in between, right? So some are trying to say he was like way too deep into it. Then he wasn't as deep as what they're saying, but he's deep enough that he could give shielding to Oleg Deripaska, his associates, and he could steer some investigations. And he did have the Carter page investigation um, starting in early 2016. He makes a cameo appearance in the IG report. He was one of several conduits as the tip from the Australian diplomat about Papadopoulos, which was the predicate for opening crossfire hurricane. So he's in it. He's not in this chart. But he's he's still in it, deep enough to where he could influence it and shield criminals involved in it. Stephen McIntyre, who's a great follower, I agree that McGonagall's role in Russiagate investigation was at most tangential, but he was in close enough contact with the main actors that someone like Weissman would definitely have used these unrelated crimes to try to extract information on Strzok, McCabe, Otten, Helson, etc., and MB, whose handle is trust is earned, another good follow. This is not entirely true the way it's being characterized here. The request to open on Carter Page came out of the New York field office, but McGonagall was actually FBI headquarters at that time and into October 2016 when he was promoted by Comey. While there, he kicked the steel dossier up to the seventh floor. So this guy, he's in and around it enough to where he does have influences and is there at key moments. So I think that's why this feels, that's another reason why this feels like a, a spy gate, like two spy gate indictments, but it's not directly spy gate indictments. It's indirect. And another, and I also think that that's Durham. Durham has picked up on this stuff and has given evidence over, but that's why Durham isn't handling this. These, these charges are related to things outside of Spygate. If Durham can get evidence on what this guy did inside Spygate to influence it and find criminality on him inside his role in Spygate where he did have a role, then I think he will. 
Now, here's the other thing I wanted to show you. Sergey Milion. All right, if you watch my coverage of the Danchenko trial, then you know that I don't trust Sergey Milion. I don't think he's good. I know that most of Connie thinks he is and he's innocent and heck, maybe I'm wrong in that, but I don't I don't trust him. Um somehow he has this sealed case number. 21 TAC SC TAC 3164 ZMF. And he the, he went he was like he wasn't tweeting for like a month and now he's back. Uh and he says that this case which is sealed is a Russia gate case. So I went and looked. And it's there. Um, it was posted July 2nd, 2021 filing date, January 5th, 2021 application for order for six email accounts serviced by Google LLC investigation of violation 18 USC and it cuts off and then it doesn't give it, but it's there and others have found it too. Um, I want to say FOIA fan found it. Uh, it posted Zelosophy, Thank you very much for the, uh, um, for the rumble ramp. That's right. I'm going to be on Zelosophy show Patriots behind the mic this Friday at seven, this Friday at seven. And I'm going to do an interview with Zelosophy on his rumble channel. Looking forward to it. Um, I want to see, it's now irritating me because uh, they found this case uh, and they had another comment about it, but Million has tweeted a whole bunch since then. So anyway, I was thinking about, I was thinking about Million putting this info out. And I figured that the only way that Million has this case number and knows about this sealed case is either because he got a subpoena to appear like via zoom call. Cause this guy, Million is still in like Dubai or somewhere in the middle East around Dubai. I think he's in Dubai. Um, I'm thinking he got, a subpoena and that's how he knows the case number or somebody associated with him got a subpoena to appear. I feel like the only way he would know about it and that he would know it was a Russia gate case is that, you know, he or somebody close to him got a subpoena. Um, yeah. So, If it's true, if it's true, 
that this this is a, a Spygate case. That day would be earlier than what the two grand juries that ran last year are. So I'm I'm just curious. I'm just putting this out there. Million says this. Um, I'm going to be watching that space and see if this case gets unsealed. We'll see. All right. Think. Yep, that's it. Guys, the philosophy is his Rumble channel. He does a show with uh, Alpha Warrior and some other guys on Glitch in the Matrix on Rumble. It's a uh, hold on just a moment. Hold on just a moment. Where'd it go? Ah, where'd my? There you go. There we go. Glitch in the Matrix right here. And I don't know. It's I don't know if uh philosophy. I don't know if you're not doing these interviews on this channel though, right? You're doing it on a different channel. Isn't that right? You can go you can go ahead and link your channel's philosophy if you're still watching. You can post it in chat. I'll share the links for it on all my socials whenever uh closer to the interview. So tomorrow Whenever Jalosophy gives me the link um, or post it, he may have already done it. I'll uh, I'll share it. Looking forward to it. Going to be an interview this Friday at 7 p.m. So, all right, guys, that's the show for today. I will be live tonight on uh, Devolution Power Hour with Patel. And I'm sure we will talk about this and also Pence and the classified doc scandal and all that kind of stuff. So, Looking forward to it, and where is this? Let me get this ready. Oh, Cully, you mentioned Senator Warner. Um, yeah, I was uh, down a little bit of a rat- short rabbit hole with him last night when I was looking up old Spygate threads, finding stuff on Deripaska and others. Uh, I was looking at some stuff with Warner and Dawson thinks Dawson thinks that Senator Warner wanted to run for president, but wouldn't play ball with uh, the Clinton cronies in the swamp. And actually that there was a, may have worked to expose the swamp a bit to investigators. It was pretty it was pretty interesting. I have to go back and think about some of it. So, anyway. All right guys, y'all have a great day and uh I'm glad to be back. Enjoyed it. I will see you tonight on the Devolution Power Hour Power Hour. <laughs> Remember, we're not going to win every battle, but we are going to win this war. Everything is happening, including indictments of people in, in, that are part of the swamp that are former FBI special agents in charge. This may, when's the last time somebody this high up in the FBI got indicted? 
When's the last time somebody this high up in the FBI got indicted? What a great week. Y'all have a good one. I'll see you later.